0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, it's Tony and Jenny Bruschi from Real Ghost Stories Online. Every week, we work hard at giving you the best real ghost stories we can find for free through the podcast. But producing and maintaining the show isn't so free for us.
1: And that's why we're asking for your support.
0: If you like the show, please become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person through the button at realghoststoriesonline.com. As an EPP, you'll get an additional bonus exclusive episode of the show to enjoy every weekend. Plus, you'll have access to our exclusive EPP video content and backlog of exclusive EPP bonus episodes as well.
1: It's only five bucks a month for all these extras.
0: And your support helps to keep our daily free version of the show alive and on the air.
1: Become an EPP now at Real Ghost Stories Online. Online.com.
0: Please and thank you.
2: Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real
0: Ghost Stories Online. Today... A mysterious elderly woman vanishes from a bus stop on a stormy night. Could there be more than one little person living in a home with an only child, who is this mysterious short figure? When a farmer vanishes and reappears to a couple traveling to the outback of Australia, they're left confused and wondering if they saw a ghost. Something is continuing to party in an abandoned college dorm. The only question is who or what is throwing the party. And babysitting isn't always easy, especially when one of the children you're watching has been deceased for years. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruschi joining you once again. Hello. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm feeling uh, good getting back into the normal swing of things.
1: I'm glad.
0: Just, you know, I I enjoy holidays, I enjoy some kind of, you know, downtime and things of that nature, but I don't know, I'm a creature of habit. Yeah. There's only so long I can go outside of my routine, you know, until I'm just kind of like, I feel off.
1: I feel off from about Thanksgiving till New Year's, Mm -hmm. just because there's so much extra special things going on and it's all good stuff but it just it it It's just a lot to keep up with
0: Well it is because you kind of like The next week or so is going to be feeling kind of back on normal And then it's going to go back to odd mode again Especially the week from like Christmas, you know, to New Year's That's one of the worst because you get like back to normal for like two or three days And then it's back to holiday again Yeah And it's like, okay, I don't know (laughs) I shouldn't complain about holidays But (laughs) I just, I like doing my normal thing, you know
1: You even like getting back to work after vacation. I
0: don't mind working on vacation.
1: Yeah, I'm one of those people that vacation could just go on and on and on. Yeah, I mean,
0: there's, you know... I don't know. I I, I guess maybe because I, I I mean I feel like this is kind of just like not that much work, you know, or right. you know, quote unquote work, you know. So I just I don't mind. I don't feel like oh damn I gotta go do the show even on days that are like considered somewhat off. You no,
1: know? the only thing I dread is schoolwork, just because I'm so ready to be done. Yeah, I definitely don't dread doing the show or all sure. the prep for the show. That's it. It's. It no. doesn't feel like work to me.
0: It's hard to, to be in a normal routine and, and especially prepping, you know, not only for your school stuff, but, you know, for the show in general mm-hmm. when there's all the other stuff going on. So once January comes, I'll be like, kind of like, ah, kind of relieved.
1: And then April, we'll start talking about Halloween again.
0: Exactly. So then we're back into completely normal mode. So. Yeah. <laughs> but Anyhow. Uh, 855-853-4802 That's the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. If you like the show, of course tell a friend about it, share a link on Facebook or Twitter Your support is what keeps our show alive. Let's kick off the show today with a letter, and uh, the letter today the first one was uh, written in by Krista, so let's go right to that. Krista says, I'm an American expat living in Scotland for the last 14 years I have numerous unexplained things occur over my lifetime, but some of the most shocking I've been while living here. This one in particular will always baffle and linger with me. About eight years ago, I and my partner were living in an old mansion that had been turned into separate apartments. We lived on the second floor and the building itself was on a main road in a large town. Our living room window looked out onto that road and a bus stop. It was February, and a horrible, windy, and rainy evening around 11 p.m. I'd gotten up to go to our kitchen and glanced out the window. When I did, I saw a very elderly woman standing at the bus stop alone. I called my partner over and said, Look at her. This is terrible weather, and there are no more buses this late. I decided I'd go down and offer her a ride home while my other half kept watch from the window. I walked down the stairs and out to the lady at the bus stop And asked if she was okay And told her there were no more buses at this time But I'd be happy to give her a run home As the weather was so terrible She politely refused and said she would just wait I couldn't understand how She would wait when the next bus wouldn't be till morning So I said to her I'd go get her an umbrella and at least call her a taxi Again she refused a taxi because she said She did not have enough money "'I told her that was fun and I would pay for the taxi. "'She just needed to tell me where she stayed. "'And she said, up the road there, and pointed. "'This was a long, straight road, about two miles to the next intersection. "'I said I understood if she didn't want to give me her address, "'but I would go call the taxi and be right back. "'I ran up the stairs and called the local taxi number and explained the situation. "'They had no problem doing this, and in fact uh, even said they wouldn't take payment.' She was elderly, and it was a horrible night. As I was on the phone, I was keeping an eye on her out the window. Once a taxi was arranged, I grabbed her an umbrella and went back down to the bus stop, keeping in mind my partner at the time was watching all this from the window. I handed her the umbrella and asked if she was okay, and she was adamant that she was fine. I asked her her name, and she said Ruby, and I told her my name. I told her I would just run up the stairs to get my jacket and come wait with her for the taxi. When I got upstairs, the taxi had just pulled up and then quickly drove off with this old woman still standing there to my horror. I was raging. They had left her. I ran as quickly as I could down the stairs and she was gone. I mean, nowhere to be seen. No sign of her at all. There was nowhere for her to go at all. The only doors on our building below us were all locked and closed shops. The closest intersection or alley she could have gone down was over a mile away. I panicked and shouted on my on my way uh, to my partner to come and help me find her. We ran up and down the road and it was deserted. I finally decided to call the taxi company and ask why they left her. The man said that she had refused a taxi politely and he couldn't force her to get in the taxi. After this, we decided to drive around and look for her. We never found any trace of her at all. I even went to the extent of calling the local nursing homes to see if maybe she had gone missing, but no one was missing. I was so freaked out and confused by it all, and still am. To make the story even weirder, the next day my umbrella that I'd handed to her was sitting on the bench of the bus stop. So three people saw this woman, two of us spoke to her, and she just disappeared. Thanks very much for letting me share this. I've just recently discovered your show and love it. I hope to share more with you in the future. All the best. Keep up the good work.
1: I propose we start a new category of ghosts. And that would be? I don't know what to call it, but it's essentially you think it's a real live person and you talk to them and interact with them and then they vanish. You can tell they're not a ghost or you, you don't you can't tell that they're not a ghost does okay. that make sense
0: so it's not like a an apparition where it's clearly an apparition you're seeing
1: right it's it's where it's as clear as you and me and multiple people can even see that person some people can some people can't I
0: would think there'd be a name for that already
1: besides ghost
0: besides ghost I don't know what that would be I wonder if someone else knows the what would the correct term on that would be someone can fill us in I'm sure we'll get an answer to this in a day or two but if you know the answer, they may post it up on the message board or shoot us an email or something. And uh, then we can add that to our repertoire of uh, what we call ghosts. Because
1: we get a lot of those. Now we you, do. Now you see them, now you don't.
0: I don't think that's probably the technical term. <laughs>
1: no, but that's what I'm going with. That's the Ginny word for it's it. It's a
0: now you see them, now you don't story. <laughs> um, I I agree. But I wonder what I wonder what the term is right for something like that someone uh, someone can fill us in that would be great eight five five eight five three forty eight oh two that's the phone number here at real ghost stories online hi
2: hey Tony and Jenny this is Kenya from Montreal um, so I went to visit my grandfather at um, at the cemetery <laughs> Um, I recently found him because he donated his body and then he sort of, anyway, that's irrelevant. So I found him and we went to visit, but he's buried in a, a haunted cemetery in Montreal, Mount Royal Cemetery. And uh, so when I got back, I I came in and I was putting on my coat, taking off my shoes, and I hear two knocks at the door. So I opened the door and no one's there. And I'm like, weird. So I kind of lost it off. And then for the next hour, my cats kept running up to the door, looking like they were reaching at something and then like jumping and running off. Like, I was like, oh, that's so weird. What the hell? So then I I brought it up with my my husband jokingly that I brought something back from the cemetery. And uh, he's like, no, 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 that happens all the time. And I was like, what the hell do you mean that happens all the time? So I'm like, oh, that's so creepy. But, uh, this morning, just like five minutes ago, uh, I was getting ready for work, and as I came out, like, there's a light underneath the door, I saw, like, someone standing, like, in the light. So I opened the door, and there's nobody there. So I'm kind of freaked out, but kind of entertained at the same time. Um, I don't know quite what's going on. Anyway,
1: love the show, uh... Okay, I wonder who followed her home from the cemetery.
0: That's interesting. Do you yes. think it was the, the loved one, or do you think it was just some random tag-along ghost?
1: I almost think it was the grandpa. Just because it was kind of a uh, an issue to find him in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, maybe he didn't want to lose her again.
0: And then finally came about... Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, I always wonder when people donate their bodies to science and stuff, if that increases odds of hauntings or anything of that nature. You know, because we... And here's why I say this, because there's so many stories of, um, you know, graves being disturbed and bodies being disturbed and then that somehow bringing up haunting nature. Although when you do donate your body to science, you're doing it with intent. Sure. It's not like, oh shit, your body got donated to science, you lost the bet, you know, or something like that. <laughs> um But the fact I don't know. I wonder if that does anything. I wonder if that would increase the odds of a haunting by Mm -hmm. any chance. I don't know. I wonder if the places where they use the bodies, if those places, you know, the medical schools and such, uh, have have any uh, increase in paranormal activity when they're using someone's body.
1: See, I was just about to ask, what about the body farms, you know, where they take them out in the woods and let them decay for the purpose of training forensic.
0: Yeah, we saw some pictures of that the other Mm -hmm. day. That was disturbing. Yeah. Body farm, take the kids, like a body farm and petting zoo.
1: That's nasty.
0: (laughs) The ultimate Halloween cuddly experience. Hey kids, go pet the llama, and then go see Uncle Harry. He died eight years ago. There's strawberries growing out of his
1: His eye socket. (laughs)
0: I was going to go somewhere else with it, but it's oh. a family somewhat show.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. I was wondering about that.
0: Yeah. Uh, God, where are body farms? And I, I never read the article. I just looked at the pictures and was well, creeped out. And
1: They are away. all over the place. It's just they are not disclosed because they don't want people coming out and messing with the bodies. Yeah.
0: And it's for forensic evidence and mm-hmm. training, really.
1: And for the science of studying. Like, oh. I think it's at- entomologist, okay. entomologists that study what bugs work on the body at what point. I didn't know that. Yeah, to tell how long something's been there. There's, all kind, there's a whole big science to it. I watched just enough CSI to know that I don't know squat.
0: I bet that uh, if that body farm's ever, like, kind of become defunct and then the land just goes to something else, you could actually grow one hell of a garden. on that land. And I'm not even joking. I mean, I bet there's a lot of, you know, minerals and everything that goes into the ground as those bodies are decaying into that dirt that actually would make one hell of some fertile soil for a tomato plant.
1: Here's a thought. Some of those stories that we get where it's a new house that's been built on a, you know, and there's no history of anything on the property. I was would,
0: it a body farm? I
1: wonder if it was built on a body farm. Did
0: they ever have to dis- disclose? Or there was? A, would that be considered uh, whatever the property, the...
1: I don't know. The a stigmatized, stigmatized
0: property? A stigmatized
1: property? I don't know. Uh. Anybody that knows anything about body farms, <laughs> let us know. Because now we're morbidly curious. No pun intended.
0: That's a sentence you never expect to hear. Anybody knows anything about body farms? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Uh, Becky writes in, hi, Tony and Jen. Please excuse my errors in the story. I'm writing this on my phone and holding a baby. I wanted to tell you about my paranormal experience. Three years ago, I was staying in my father's cabin while he was out of town. I used to do this sometimes in the winter months to take advantage of this fireplace and hot tub. It was also located in the woods next to a creek, which was very serene, and I enjoyed being there and relaxing on my mini-staycation with my six-year-old. One night, I was preparing dinner for me and my son, and I was at the counter, which had a view of the stairs in the living room. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a shirtless, darker-complected child with brown pants run across the front of the stairs into the laundry room. My first thought was that it was my son who was at the neighbor's house playing with the kids. I stopped what I was doing and called out for him, but I got no response. I quickly walked over to the laundry room where the little boy ran and checked to see if he was hiding in there, messing around with me. After not finding him, I walked out the front door and called for him. He yelled back from 25 yards away or so that he was still playing. I know I saw someone out of the corner of my eye. What I thought I saw was a... Little dark-complected boy, which would have easily been my son, since he has a dark complexion also, but it wasn't. I let it go and chalked it up to my eyes, playing tricks on me. A couple days later, my son was in the kitchen and I was in the living room. I saw my son quickly run to the laundry room, then come out puzzled. I asked him what he was doing, and he told me he saw a little boy run across the front of the stairs. He described the little boy the same as I did, brown pants, no shirt. I don't know what it was, and I never saw or heard about a sighting of it again. The house my father lived in was built for by him about seven years ago, so no house history. Every show, my husband and I listen to it every single day. Thanks for your time. Body Farm. Body Farm? That's the answer.
1: Did she say they didn't see him anymore? They just saw him yeah, that one time? Yeah, yeah. That's strange. Because you would think that you would continue to see him.
0: Haunted bunk bed? I don't know, I mean You ever wonder about uh, You know, because you can have Obviously objects that seem to bring Entities and things in and out of Homes Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of objects that we bring In and out of homes that we dispose of Rather readily Do you ever wonder if any of those items hold things When you have the, the once You know, one time haunting Situations and then they're gone If it's was in fact brought in by an object that was then disposed of you know you name it it could be really anything there is I mean obviously food items come to mind but you know packaging on something there's some like if you any sort of machinery or something you buy a lot of times it's the packaging on it is fairly heavy duty sometimes with blocks of wood and such holding it together Um, I'm just trying to think of things that, that come and go that, that that could hold something to it maybe there's some sort of traumatized or stigmatized thing that happened around it and what, for whatever reason the entity is attached to it and then you pass it out and it's gone I don't know just a thought
1: I guess so um, you know because I when you first said that I was thinking there aren't too many things that I come in contact with that would have a history enough to be haunted sure that I readily dispose of sure you know, um, but if you're going to include, like, household items and stuff, I guess, in theory, yes.
0: Like, here's a, here's a, here's an idea, and this is kind of out there, but a uh, semi-truck carrying a whole bunch of goods. Um, big accident happens with it. The truck is not, or the, the trailer is not destroyed, but, you know, a family is beheaded underneath the uh, the truck. And uh, they're all dead. Trauma, bad happenings all around all these goods. Eventually they clean up the scene, but there's all the goods on the truck that are ordered and they need to go somewhere, so they salvage all the goods off the truck and they end up going back out into distribution. It's gotta happen at some point in time. Okay. You know.
1: and See, I would think it'd be more likely for the family than to haunt the area where they were killed.
0: Sure, and I would think so too, but sometimes... You know, you hear about things where the objects get into it. And then there these are completely unassuming objects, probably brand new things. But you'd never known that it was that close to something horribly traumatic that happened. I'm just shooting the idea out there. You
1: Anything's know? possible because sure. we don't know.
0: So for the, And I think it could explain some of these cases where it's like, weird. Why did this happen this one time? But then it's gone. But maybe it has something to do with objects that come and go out of our homes that we... Would otherwise be completely unassuming of being.
1: So I immediately, on that idea, now want to stop using any kind of paper plates or anything like that, not bring anything else into the house that we don't have to.
0: Good luck with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would like eliminate all food. Um, well, it would I eliminate. Mean,
1: things that we don't have to. Like, I mean, we don't have to use eat? disposable. No, <laughs> we don't have to use disposable you know, products to eat off of.
0: I'm saying it could be anything. It could be a box of Captain Crunch.
1: Well, good An object's an object, you know?
0: I mean, there's really no way around this.
1: I don't know. I think it's kind of bullshit. (laughs) I just... I'm just saying.
0: I think it could be an explanation for some things. Not all of these, but some of them.
1: All right. The next story I find that is remotely related to this, I'm going to title it... Haunted by Captain Crunch,
0: <laughs> I'm just saying if an object can can be haunted, any object could be haunted then it doesn't have to necessarily be something old it doesn't have to necessarily be something uh, you know permanent I, it, it could be a box of Captain Crunch I and mean, it sounds insane, but i I think it could be. that's just my thought. Randy writes in, Hi guys, so the story I'm about to tell you took place just recently, and my girlfriend lives in Melbourne, Australia. My girlfriend's brother and his fiancée were getting married up in Perth. Naturally, she asked if I would drive up with her to Perth for the wedding. I could not have said yes quick enough, seeing as this would be my first time to Perth, and her brother might as well be my blood brother. We're set that close. So two days after this, we set off on our journey to Perth. We had a peaceful drive for the first day of the journey, taking turns driving and sleeping while the other drove. On the second day of the journey, it was around 3 a.m., and I was driving along a road in the outback rural area, and I saw a man wearing a stereotypical sheep farmer's outfit, a straw hat, blue overalls, with brown steel cap boots, and a walking The problem was, the man looked tired, so he had none of his sheep with him, so I slowed down uh, the car and got out. I was going to ask the man whether he wanted a drink of water and or a ride to wherever he was going. As I got out of the car, I turned to face the way I saw the farmer walking, and there was nobody there. This was puzzling to me, because before I got out of the car, I saw the farmer in the rearview mirror continue to walk in my direction. And the time it took for me to get out of the car and turn around, there was no way this old man who looked exhausted could have ran off anywhere. I started calling out, Hey, are you out there? Do you need help? I must have done this several times, waking up my girlfriend and explained to her the situation. She convinced me it was my mind playing tricks since I had been driving for 13 hours, so I shrunk it off and she took over the driving for a little while. I slept and woke up around 2 p.m., at which point I took over the driving again. It was around 7 p.m. and I had my next encounter with this farmer. I was driving along and saw him again, I shook my girlfriend to wake her up and said, see, I'm not crazy. She said, she, uh, that could be anybody. I slowed down my car, stopped again to see if the man needed any help. I turned towards him and yelled, do you need water? He stomped in his tracks, looked at me, then registered in my head of how this farmer, how could he have been ahead of me? I was in a car. He was on foot. I told my girlfriend this and she said, see, it can't be him. I looked back in the farmer's direction, and once again, he was gone. At this point, we were both freaked out and once again decided to switch drivers for the final stretch to Perth. It was around 12 uh, 12 p.m. She woke me up and realized the car was not moving. She told me to look ahead of us. This time, I saw the farmer walking down the middle of the road, dragging his walking stick behind him. But instead of walking in the same direction as us, he was walking towards us needless to say, we were really freaked out and wanted to get out of the rural area badly. I told her to gun it, and we pretty much floored it the rest of the way to Perth.
1: Okay. It's a now you see him, now you don't.
0: It is another one.
1: Yeah. Makes you wonder if he, you know, died of the heat or something, and now he just wanders aimlessly through the outback.
0: Or, here's another thought,
1: what, Haunted Captain Crunch? No. Okay. Lucky
0: Charms. Um, the the uh, My thought is kind of on the everything happens for a reason scale of things, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes you never know the reason. Maybe there's a reason they were continually being paused.
1: Okay. To prevent something happening to them. Yeah. So they were delayed three separate times. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see that.
0: You know, maybe there was some, had they kept going at the same pace, never being paused timing would have worked out where somebody was running in the other lane of traffic and would have hit them, you know, and it's one of those you never know the reason for, but that may be it.
1: Could be, but I think they probably made up the time difference when they gunned it the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got a point there. I mean, but uh, just, you know. Sure. It's not completely out of the question. No, I get it. It's not Crunch Berries. Nope. Kayla Wrightson, hey Tony and Jenny, I'm writing to you today about something that happened to me a couple years ago. I live in the Northwest and a couple years back I was uh, an RA in one of uh, the new dorms on campus where I go to college. My university has uh, a deal for RAs who stay on campus during winter break. We do rounds around the empty dorms to make sure everything is secure twice a day. And In an exchange, get a nice paycheck. Anyway, the winter when I was an RA, I decided to take advantage of this, so I stayed in the dorms during the month of winter break. Now, keep in mind, the Northwest is really gloomy around that time. It's very dark, very early, almost always cloudy and foggy, and the campus was like a ghost town. The dorm I lived in had three separate buildings, and I happened to be the only person in my building. There are probably no more than about ten people living in the three separate dorm buildings, and the Only other guy in the complex lived on the opposite end, about a five to ten minute walk from my hall. Anyway, I was uh, all alone in my hall, mind you. This was the first year this this building was open, which is a bit strange considering the events I'm about to recount. I was on rounds with a guy who was in my building in the opposite complex, and we were finishing up and walking back across the street towards our building. My building was adjacent to the street, so you could easily see the windows on that side. "'My room did not face the street. "'It faced the courtyard on the other side. "'Obviously, all of the lights should have been off "'on that entire side of the building, "'and they normally were. "'But my friend pointed out to me "'that there was a light on, on my floor. "'There were also flashing lights. "'I looked at him, wide-eyed and very scared. "'It was already dark, and I did not want to go investigate it, "'but it was our job, and it was my floor.' We called the higher-ups and asked what we should do. Of course, there was a slim chance that someone had somehow gotten up into the third floor of the dorm and into someone's room, but the students who lived there did not have access to their dorms or even the building over a break, and the vast majority of them were out of town anyway. Our supervisor told us that we could get the master key and open the room to see what was going on. We agreed that it would be all right with the two of us, so we went up the elevator to my floor, and even from down the hall, we could hear noises, voices and such, coming from the room. I remember grimacing at my friend as I struck the key into the lock and made the move to open the door. I pushed the heavy wooden door, and to our surprise, the room was totally empty. However, the TV was on, turned up to full volume, something I would have not allowed as an RA. The radio was on full blast. The lights were on, including the desk lamp. We were both at a loss as to what caused this. We called the the supervisor back, and she told us that it was probably a power surge. I kept telling myself that, too, even uh, knowing deep down that power surges make things go off. We dutifully shut off all the electronics and decided to conclude our rounds. My friend bid me an uneasy goodnight, and I hurried off to my room. I'm not sure what had happened in that room, but it terrified me. The campus was a really different place with so few students there, and I never returned to work that break again, even with a monetary incentive. This is most likely unrelated, but I'd like to add that a few months after this incident, I stumbled across the body of someone who worked in the same building at the cafe downstairs. He died of a heart attack or stroke, but it was a jolt to my early morning run and added to the terrifying feeling of living in that building. It was very traumatic, and for a while I could not even go out to where I'd found him. I worked there that summer too, keeping my room I had during the year, and kept getting weird feelings when I was alone. When the elevator got to my floor, I would run to my room, even if it were still daylight. If it was not such a scary place to live before that year, it certainly is now. Anyway, thank you so much for your show. Really enjoy hearing everyone's tales. Almost as much as I enjoy hearing your banter and commentary.
1: Well, do you think possibly the gentleman that she found the dead body of died while... Because he saw something, you know, that gave him a heart attack?
0: Like in shock? Yeah. I don't think it's out of the question. No, I'd be interested to hear like the age of the gentleman who died and what sort of health he was in, you know, that, you know, might play a little more into it.
1: Well, yeah, but then
0: as far as the likelihood of being killed by something that shocks you. Okay, is what I'm saying, you know, it, was he more at risk, you know, would he have been one of those people that should not have gotten on Space Mountain you know, because of having a heart problem or something of that nature. Sure. You know, where if you are easily shocked or shocked, you could easily die. Um, That's that'd be an interesting thing. It would be for that equation. But other than that, that's a hard one because it's a new building.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, I I'm sure, you know. She did her rounds, and mm-hmm. there wasn't anything else going on the other days. And so sure. why would that all of a sudden happen?
0: Well, sometimes, too, with new buildings, especially large buildings and things of that nature, um, you got to look at the history of the construction as well, because people do die on construction projects. Yes. Um, and that can sometimes, I think, lead to those sort of issues. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's the phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Heather writes in, my story has more to do with the experiences that my grandmother and mother have had. We live in Colonial Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is the focal point of four major battles in the Civil War and numerous haunted estates and plantations. My grandmother lives in a townhouse, not too old, built in the 1970s, oftentimes in one specific room in the house, which was my mother's old bedroom when she was growing up, and now my grandmother's room. Voices can be heard outside the second story window. There is no balcony or anything for anyone to stand on. One night when my mother was a teenager, she woke up to a conversation, what she described as being between at least two people right outside the open window she looked outside to see if maybe someone was outside on the porch or in the road and their voices were carrying, but no one was outside she got scared and asked my grandmother to come in and sleep in the room with her once my grandmother was in the room and they both had laid back down to go to sleep the talking started up again this time both of them heard it my grandmother checked outside again but still couldn't find anyone "'They couldn't make out what was being said, "'but the conversation lasted quite a while "'before it finally stopped. "'This still happens on and off every couple of months "'and still wakes my grandmother up. "'On another occasion, my grandmother woke up in the morning "'and, like usual, went to put her slippers on. "'She always wore them and wore them to bed "'and took them off on the edge of the bed at night. "'On this morning, however, "'they weren't where she had taken them off. "'She found them in the kitchen on the first floor.' No one in the family said that they moved them. All the night when everyone would be in bed, my grandmother would be up late watching TV in the living room and she would hear the kitchen cabinet doors open and close. She'd go into the kitchen to see what was in there and nothing would be out of place. All the cabinet's doors were closed and no one was in the kitchen. She'd go back into the living room and it would start all over. They had since gotten new counters and cabinets in the kitchen. And the weird thing is, now she doesn't hear it anymore. Was the entity trying to tell her that it was time for a renovation? Or was it contributed to the old cabinets? But what if that were the case? Why would they open by themselves? My grandmother also claims to have seen a shadow figure peering around the corner at the dining room. She couldn't see anybody, just the head peeping out. This happened on multiple occasions, and one of my uncles has seen the same thing. The only time I've ever heard anything was on a 4th of July cookout. Everyone was in the backyard on the opposite side of the house in the kitchen. I'd gone back to the house to get more food to bring out, and I had my back to the kitchen door. I heard someone clear their throat, and it sounded like a man, and I thought it was either my grandfather or uncle coming in to help me carry things out. I turned around, ready to hand him a plate of food, but no one was there. I stepped out of the kitchen and looked down the hallway to see if maybe they had just stepped out of the kitchen to go back outside, but no one was there either. Old neighbors of the townhouse connected to the ride to my grandmother's house have also told us stories of having odd things happen in their house, such as lids opening and closing on their own, the toilet flushing by itself, which, granted, could be a plumbing issue, and closet doors sliding open by themselves, makes you wonder. Or if the same ghost traveling between the two townhomes. Or is it two different ghosts, one in each house, that meet right outside at night to talk to each other? And that's what half of my family has heard. To my knowledge, only my mom's grandmother mother mother uncle and i have seen or heard the entities assuming it's more than one my grandfather and other uncle have never heard or seen anything and they actually think the whole uh, think that the whole lot of us are crazy when we tell our stories i do have a few more stories revolving around my uncle's house an older colonial house built in the 1800s, but I'll leave that for another time if you're interested. Thank you for taking the time to read our accounts, Heather.
1: Did you learn anything about Fredericksburg when you were in high school?
0: I didn't pay attention to a whole hell of a lot of anything in high school, honey.
1: You didn't? Okay. Well, I always like Civil War history, and I probably get my battles confused, but if I remember right, some of the fighting around Fredericksburg was some of the particularly heinous Type sure. Things that went on, um, and I'm probably not right. I remember a story that we read, and I think it was a fiction based on some of the actual events. But I, it was like the people that stayed in the town were cut off from supplies, mm-hmm. and it got so bad they were like eating their horses. Oh God! Stuff like that. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember if that was this particular. Uh-huh. place or not, but any place with that much history, you have no idea what's going to be, you know, haunting yeah. new buildings, old buildings. Sure. There's just so much. Well, she
0: did mention that there was there was four horrible battles right there.
1: Right. So
0: whether they were the horse eaters or not.
1: And I don't know for sure if that was this or not. Sure. And I don't remember what story that was. Sure. I think it was this, but I'm not positive. I would
0: think that would probably lead to a lot of hauntings. I, I mean, just so. the emotional toll that you're going through having to go to that length. And I'm sure there was more than the horses being eaten. You know, there's probably other pets and such as well that were on the docket. But, you know, that would just be horrible. You know, you have you have to go to that length.
1: And I know we have listeners that are far better with their history than I am. Fill so. us in. Yeah. Let us know.
0: Who are the horse eaters? <laughs> <laughs> were they your ancestors? And how do you feel about them now? <laughs> The funny thing is, in some countries, where the show is popular, it's a normal thing. It's really in the U.S. where it's really not a super acceptable thing to eat horse.
1: And see, to me, that wasn't so much shocking as, oh my God, they're eating like a pet. Sure, It was, they were, when I read that story, they were so desperate that they were eating their main mode of transportation, their, you know... If they use their horse to do work around the farm, yeah, yeah. you know that was a whole different level of desperation. Not just, uh,
0: yeah, because I'm I'm not super weirded out by that just because it is a fairly normal. Th- I mean, right. if it's like if you're slaughtering your pet, that's a little weird. But if it's you know, in some places they're raised for meat, sure, and it's just it is what it is. So that I'm not weirded out by.
1: I, I'm not either.
0: I do get a little weirded out by the whole. Some areas where other somewhat domesticated animals are being eaten, but again, it's a culture thing, and sometimes it just is what it is,
1: you know. And I bet some of those other cultures don't develop the, you know, the relationship. they're not
0: naming them and like, oh, they're not putting the collar, you know, around the soup bowl.
1: (laughs) That's gross.
0: (laughs) They're not. (laughs) If they are, there's something wrong with that.
1: There's going to be a drinking game by how many times I tell you that's gross in an episode.
0: (laughs) There's already plenty of drinking games around our show. (laughs) Yeah, there are. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to a caller. Hi.
2: Hi, Tony and Jenny. It's Deborah Ann calling from Ryslip in England. I'm just going to call myself DA these days because it's a lot easier. Deborah Ann's a mouthful. In any event, I've got um, a theory on the Motorola Razor sound uh, ringtone that the writer wrote in about Um, I heard way back when because I moved to England about the time that phone came out and the theory was that the starling bird is in the mockingbird family and they were actually learning how to sing ringtones from cell phones, mobile phones Um, it's something I heard, I don't know if it's a fact but there you go, anyway, hope you're all having a good one,
0: take care, bye I've heard of that before.
1: I have too. And in fact, that makes me think of the birds at the Walmart parking lot that they mimic the sound of car alarms.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That makes sense.
0: Can they mimic the sound of a phone vibrating?
1: Not of a vibrate. No.
0: I wonder. I mean, it's just kind of a a guttural type buzzing noise. I wonder if, I mean, because they can mimic so many things.
1: Yeah, I would think they could mimic the higher pitch tones, but, but
0: not anything not else. Not probably
1: that low. Yeah.
0: Have you ever heard the car alarm birds?
1: Oh, yeah, at Walmart really? all the time.
0: <laughs> they just go to Walmart? Be- they're
1: walking around eating McDonald's fries and nicking sounds like somebody's breaking into a car. It's crazy. And they're the scraggly looking birds. They, they aren't big enough to be a crow, but they're black and they've got, you know, they kind of look like homeless birds, if, if birds could look homeless. You know, They there's so
0: many good sentences in that that last paragraph. Don't,
1: don't even go there. Don't even go there.
0: There's scraggly-looking birds walking around the Walmart parking lot, eating French fries and sounded like car alarms.
1: There's yeah. plenty of people out there that know exactly what I'm talking about. They're the bro.
0: The birds look like they could be homeless if they were homeless birds. <laughs> that's true. They are. I mean, they do. They look like the the vagrant birds. Yeah. Yeah. In the Walmart park. <laughs>
1: it's so weird cuz that's the only parking lot I ever see those birds.
0: They're not at the Target parking lot.
1: Mm, no, or the grocery store parking lot. They're no. usually just at Walmart. They're just
0: at Walmart. <laughs> it's better eaten,
1: probably. More
0: fast food being dropped in the Walmart parking lot than any other parking lot. That's interesting. <laughs> How do they... Are those like... Are there any pets of those birds? Do they to domesticate those things to...
1: I don't know. I mean...
0: Because there's a lot of birds that mimic sounds. Sure. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. I wonder if they can emulate like the other ringtones. You know, like the... Uh, like the, the, the ringtones that actually have music. Like artists and singing in it. All of a sudden you hear like a bird... Belting out Lady Gaga or something.
1: Probably not.
0: (laughs) That'd be interesting.
1: No, but she brought up a really good point. You know, Mm -hmm. animals mimicking that sound.
0: Yeah, that could very well be the explanation to that other story. Mm It really could be. Uh, Allison writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. My ghost story begins one night while I was babysitting my friend's three little kids. I also have my two little ones. It was later in the evening and all the kids were in bed. My friend's two boys were in their room and their little girl, who was the youngest, was in her room. My two were lying on the couch in the living room to set up uh, the house from the living room. There was a long hallway, which the couch was sitting the same way as the hallway. So if you're sitting on the couch, you could see down the hallway out of your peripheral vision going down the hallway the first door on the left was a little girl's room right across from there was the bathroom at the end of the hall on the left was the boys room right across from there was the parents room i was sitting at the end of the couch watching tv out of the corner of my eye i kept seeing which i thought was my friend's younger boy sticking his head in and out of the room i kept telling him trevor go back to bed it kept happening so i got up to go tell him to stay in bed He was asleep in his bed, which I thought was, he was faking it at first. I told him to stay in bed. He had to get up early to go to school the next morning. I went back and sat down. Then I'd see him running across from the boys' room to the parents' room, and then run back across to the boys' room. This happened several times. I got up again and said to Trevor, You need to stay in bed and get to sleep, but as I bent down to talk to him, he was sound asleep. When my friends got home, which was very late, I told her I had to go and I would talk to her tomorrow. I went back over to the house the next day after the kids went to school, and I asked her if she ever had seen anything in her house before. She got this look on her face and said, you saw the boy too? He keeps running back and forth from the boy's room to my room. I said I thought it was Trevor and she said she kept doing the same thing as I did until she realized that he was asleep. After that night, I told her I don't mind watching the kids, but they'll have to come over to my house. Gave me the willies to see this happening. That's when she told me her babysitter told her the same thing. She did some research about the house, but couldn't come up with anything. She also told me another story about the house, but I'll email you that a little later time. Love your show. I listen to it every night when I go to bed. I'd love to hear Jenny read some stories. She's a great voice. Love your sense of humor. I have some other stories to tell you, and we'll send those in at a later date. Thanks for the podcast. I enjoy it very much. Allison in California.
1: Thanks, Allison. Um, Yeah, I don't think I'd be babysitting over there either. I'd want them to come over to my house.
0: And what if they came to your house and they brought the ghost child with it?
1: (laughs) That would not be okay with me.
0: That'd be a little disturbing, but I could see that happening. I mean, especially if it's something that's like kind of just following the family around Mm -hmm. a little bit. It's a very doable thing.
1: It is. It is. I would like to think that wouldn't happen, but that's always possible.
0: Yeah. Hey, here's something to think about that somebody wrote into us about uh, older homes Tony and Jen, not sure if you guys are aware, but it used to be the custom that when a family built a home, they would put their shoes somewhere in the walls or floor. It was supposed to be good luck, and it was a superstitious thing to do as well, a symbol of showing absolute ownership over the property as a whole.
1: Okay, is that something that was done here or in a different country or because i've never heard of that before not that i've heard of everything
0: yeah um it doesn't say uh if it was another country thing or a u.s thing i'm gonna guess it was probably a culture thing of some group i don't know you know it could have been you know germans norwegians you know swedes i don't know i don't know I'm, i'm guessing it probably does originate with some group sure um but um i don't know know what that would be i'm sure someone can fill us in on that but that's that's an interesting thing because i could see if you're you know going into your house renovating your old house and then you start finding shoes in the wall not knowing that that would be kind of disturbing i think you'd be thinking there's gonna be a body there as well when in fact it was just probably a old family tradition
1: I could see that and I, you know, and since that was done to symbolize complete ownership over the property, Mm -hmm. I could see that being something that ties the spirit of that person to that property indefinitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So little uh, interesting tidbit there. Uh, If anyone's, uh, I wonder if anyone's done that. If anyone's been renovating an old house and then came across some shoes or when we can fill us in on that. I wonder if that has anything to do with um, the traditions of like the shoe trees and stuff.
1: Shoe trees?
0: Yeah, there's areas where people will uh, like fling the shoes up into trees, and uh-huh. I don't know why it was started. There's a uh, there's a road in Michigan where literally, and they're on the, all the power lines around that tree too. It's like a shoe tree and. I it, it this day and age kids just do it because it's been done forever. They don't think they know why they're doing it. But I'm wondering why it was ever started and it's flinging up this, you know, pair of shoes on the tree and it hangs and it's literally just blankets of shoes. It's wow. crazy. I don't know why it, if it symbolized something at one point uh or or what it was started from, but I don't know.
1: You know what? Speaking of shoes, I always get a weird feeling whenever we drive by on the highway there's just like this one random shoe in the road Uh huh. and that happens all the time it's rare that you see a pair of shoes you just see that one random shoe sure and the first thing in my mind is oh my god somebody got hit by a car here
0: can shoes be haunted
1: I don't know if shoes can be haunted but I think about did somebody die here is that why there's a shoe well
0: think about this you know when someone dies, um, and their belongings are, you know, you, you know, usually they'll just give them to the family or something and, uh, you know, they take the body off, including the shoes. And it probably just ends up back at that person's home. And then the objects in that home are eventually given to Goodwills or, you know, thrift stores and things of that nature are donated. How many used pair of shoes were actually on someone who died in them? Ew. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, timeline here. God, that probably just, happens a lot. You just killed thrifting for me. Do you ever buy thrift shoes? I never bought thrift shoes.
1: I have because I've seen some in my size that sure. when I turned them over and I looked at the bottom, they looked like they hadn't been worn. Sure. Because you can tell if they've been worn a lot or walked around yeah. in, they still looked new. And I thought, well, somebody sure. hadn't, maybe somebody died in them because they never got to walk in. Exactly.
0: That's why they were pretty well, because they were just going out and they got hit by a semi. and uh...
1: <sighs> That's gross.
0: <laughs> but it's probably a little different with women's shoes because you guys have so many shoes and, you know... A guy's a lot of times like I got three pairs of shoes sure you know they're all really worn in so I don't know I mean just when you think of the phonetical timeline of that it's very logical for those shoes to have made it to a thrift store without ever you know being thought twice of that someone had died in them it was just oh here's their stuff back and it goes into their other stuff that they get rid of and there it goes. Ew. Who's got used shoes? That could be another thing, just like the Captain Crunch, where it's there for a little while, gone, haunting ends. It could be something very simple and just not thought about.
1: Yeah. There's so many things. I don't
0: think I'm not, like I'm that. not really trying to be a smart at I'm just, I'm serious. I think that could be the cause of some of these things. Just items that you don't think about that you otherwise would be unsuspecting of that come and go. Yeah, could be. I can see that. There you go. That does it for today's show, Real Ghost Stories Online. If you have a real ghost story, let us know, 855-853-4802. If you want more real ghost stories, become an EPP, an extra podcast person. Get a bonus episode sent to you every single week. You have access to our complete archive of past EPP episodes and video. Five bucks a month. Your support keeps our show on the air. So sign up. Real Ghost Stories Online. Keep the show alive. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.